Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Right Way podcast as we are pretty deep into the holiday season and coming to a close for 2020, which I know God help us all. all. (laughs) Uh, Today, we're talking about, I think, some of the most important aspects around your path to publication. And it's all the little kind of like fine details that we haven't really put together into one podcast episode, but we're really going to talk about the prep, kind of the prep work you need to do before you ever even sit down to write your book. Yeah, this is kind of new information. I feel like, you know, we always talk about uh, the next steps after, you know, you figure out you want to write a book, but this is sort of the moments between the moments. This is, and, but they're really critical pieces that without is sort of going to leave you languishing later on or during, um, which is the time where you really don't want to be languishing. You want to sort of be on point. So I do think that this is, this is some essential stuff and stuff we haven't really talked about before. Yeah, because what what comes before and after the writing of the book, I think that they they are the most neglected areas um and sometimes reasons why you aren't getting published or you aren't getting that representation or you aren't getting to that next step. I see it all the time. I've experienced it myself where the overwhelm comes in from all these other little things that you're expected to do. And if you don't go into it with a plan or having some idea of what's coming down the pipeline, once your book is done, it can feel insurmountable almost. Like I, I still maintain that though writing books, it's, it's a hard thing. I think it's one of the easiest components around being a published author today. It's all these other little things Mm. that we're going to, we're going to talk about that. If you can kind of, go down this list and use this as your cheat sheet um, for your prep. I think you will be in such great shape, whether, you know, this is your first book that you're writing, whether it's a novel, it's nonfiction or not. We're going to cover both of those today, but this really will help you reduce that overwhelm and kind of go in with a clear head. Yeah. For the purposes of our work at Right Way, um, we talk about this a lot. We do have a nonfiction arm and a fiction arm. Uh, both departments sort of geared towards guiding, uh, you know, um, authors on the path to to publication. And a lot of what we're going to talk about today, a lot of the stuff on this list are stuff that we've seen, like Rhea said, with ourselves and our own clients. So uh, top of the list, I I mean, I think, and Rhea and I, you know, Rhea, we talk about this a lot, but it's, it's, we talk about goals a lot. We talk about knowing what you want to do. Um, knowing how you want to do it. But I think one of the things we don't talk about is is authors defining why they want. So, you know, we say, we, we throw this statistic out a lot. Over 80% of people want to write a book. And while we get that, um, I think that that is not enough. And even having a book idea is not enough. I think 
one of the things that's going to help you inform a lot of the other things on this list is this first thing of defining your why and having some sense of what the driving force of your book is going to be. Yeah, and that can be very different between fiction and nonfiction. You know, your why, defining your why for fiction, I think is much harder. Um, you know, sure. like I'm I'm toying around with a brand new idea. It's kind of, you know, this is the first book where I'm out of contract. I don't have a deadline and, you know, I'm sitting down to write it. And I had this cool idea and then just kind of lost my zest for it. And I think I mm. did not think about the why. And with this book, there's going to be, you know, a lot of commentary on on race and what's going on in the world and and really defining that, thinking about, you know, the message that I want to put out there and the story that I want to tell. And sometimes with fiction, you know, your why is wrapped up in in your story and that's fine. When it comes to nonfiction, the why takes on an entirely different uh, identity of its own. Is it, you know, is this to promote your business? Is it to book some paid speaking gigs? Is it to legitimize you in whatever arm of your brand or business? Is it to, you know, help your community or your niche little audience, whatever it is, kind of slapping down that why, writing it down and keeping that at the forefront. And for most of us, that why is not really tied to money. Um, A lot of times it can be tied to a goal, which is fine, like being a New York Times bestseller or some other cool, you know, I have a client who always, she literally pictures herself walking on the Today Show set and goes over the conversation that she's going to have and and really plays that out day by day. And if that's your why, that's awesome. But I think the why has to be consistent and you have to revisit it along the way because sometimes your why changes. I know for me over the course of my career, it's changed drastically uh, from like where I started to now. So I think it's just good to check in with yourself and and figure out what your why is. Well, I think you have to, and I think, you know, it is obviously different for nonfiction and fiction, but I think, you know, for, for those, you know, prospective fiction writers out there, I, I think the, whatever, however you define the why, whatever it is, maybe, you know, maybe like Rhea said, it's something personal. It's, it's maybe like a genre twist where you want to see, you know, more representation of like the kind of stories that you value or something that's like culturally significant to you. And that's all, that's all, those are all, everything is valid. Every reason is valid. Every why is valid. Um, but you have to have one. And I think having one and checking in with it, with one, with, with that why is going to tell you what material is really sticking with you is really, you know, I was just watching this thing the other day about Stan Lee and he was talking about when he developed Spider-Man, it was like this story. It was this idea that he couldn't shake. It was this, you know, it was a twist. It was subverting the genre a little bit. And that's why his publishers were like, we're not doing that. Uh, it's crap. Forget about it. And he talks about the fact that he's like, no matter what I did, I couldn't stop thinking about this idea. Yep. And I think when you have a solid why, whatever it is, when you apply that to a particular project that you're working on, 
it, it's the it's the kind of thing you're never going to be able to let go of. So completely. Um, and yeah. and I mean, your why does have to be pretty strong because it's got to stick with you through 200, 300 pages. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, to say nothing of the actual path to publication after that. Well, so, and, yeah, and I mean, that build a strong that's life. something too. like you can have an idea. And if you sit down and you fizzle out 10 pages in, you know, that doesn't mean you have to throw it away, but it just becomes maybe another piece of content. We've spoken about that before like some ideas are better off for you know a blog series or an ebook. but also and you that's a great point and also i would say that and you know i think this is again may, might be a little bit more specific to fiction writing but you it might be the lack of defined and specific why that's causing you to fizzle out 10 pages in. completely so maybe it doesn't mean you have to give up the content but maybe re-examine your why get specific about it, redefine it. And it might, it might help uh, give you a little extra gas, yeah, you know, put a little absolutely. extra gas in your tank. So yeah. after defining your why, you know, I really think prepping your book, prepping your outline, prepping your proposal, just getting some sort of organization around your idea. And again, I'm the worst because I'm a pantser. You know, I, I don't <laughs> love to, How dare you? I don't love to plot. <laughs> Uh, when it comes to fiction, but even, you know, even if you are someone who sits down and kind of just like starts writing uh, when it comes to fiction, you can still jot down major plot points, what you want to happen, who your characters are, what the problem is, you know, what the catalyst is. There are definite, definite things that you should know as a writer before you ever start working to do that prep work ahead of time, it's only going to help you. It doesn't matter if you don't like doing it. I strongly believe that what you're most resistant to is what you actually probably need the most of. So, sure. you know, spending a little time with that. And then with nonfiction, I mean, it, you know, I'm going to tell a short little story about one of our clients. Um, we edited his book. It was fantastic. And he was going to do a deal with a publisher and just – Kind of at the last minute was like, nope, this doesn't feel right. I I want to back out of it. And the book was the book was it is such a specific mission. It is such a specific very. book, very well written. It, it really he was really clear on that. Yes. I think yeah, it's important. So to he say. knew his why. He knows you know his mission. He's done all of the work. So he had this beautifully copy edited, you know, proofed, designed book ready to go, manuscript just ready to go. Um, all the supplemental materials about it, about him as the author. And I was like, okay, I'm going to pitch it to some agents. He's still not sure if he wants to go like that route and, and wait that much. But I pitched him to some top agents. One in particular was very interested in setting up time to speak with him. I sent her his book, you know, everything. I was like, hey, it's all here. And the first question she asked me was, does he have a proposal? And he had, he yeah. had done a proposal way before he wrote the book and and did not put time, energy or take stock in like in in creating that. So even though he has this beautiful book, she is not going to look at it. She's going to look at the proposal. So even if you are a nonfiction author and you've written a book or you have an idea, maybe you don't want to, you know, spend thousands of dollars to hire someone to help you craft a book proposal, which is totally fine you still need to have the elements that an agent or a publisher is going to want to see in mm. that book proposal. And it only helps you. Like I, if I've learned anything in doing this with 
countless authors, thousands and thousands of pages of work, is that it clarifies your book like nothing else. I mean, it yeah. it just is so much more than just like jotting down general points. Like it really preps you and really does create the roadmap for what the book will become. So whether you're writing fiction or, or nonfiction, getting some sort of of outline together before you sit down to write is just a good practice in general. And we'll, we'll again, take that. I feel like so many people don't end up finishing books because they don't go into it with a plan or a roadmap. And if you're just like, yeah, 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 whatever, just try it. Just literally try it and sit down and have a plan every day that you write. Yes. And I also think it's important to say, because I think some of that naysaying, you know, I think it's, I think it's lazy. I, you know, I'm sorry to say, like, I think, and it probably is laziness or reluctance or, or, you know, feeling like you don't have as much control as you want to have. Um, and we're not saying that like with this prep work for both nonfiction book proposal or fiction manuscript, we're not saying that like the prep work doesn't eliminate the possibility of revelation or discovery. Absolutely. Even in a nonfiction book proposal, we understand that you could get you can always get a third of the way, halfway, 10 pages in, whatever, into a project and all of a sudden be like, holy shit, wait a minute. No, now I really know what this is. Totally. I, absolutely, 100%. But I, I think, you know, you're exactly right. Like, you don't know how much of a benefit it's going to be to you in it, down the line, when it's over, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, if you made that roadmap. Right. If you If you sat down and really did that prep. Completely. Mm. Excuse me while I take a sip <laughs> of this delicious carbonated beverage. What uh, carbonated? Is it carbonated? Oh, okay. I say Lacroix. Yeah. Is that LaCro- is that I, a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Wait, did you think it was beer? Did you think it was no, a beer? No, not this early. I mean, maybe all bets are off, right? Twenty twenty. Look, okay. it's quarantine, yeah. or it's or it's whatever it <laughs> it's is. Whatever Lockdown, it is. end of the yeah. world. I don't, I don't know. know. All right. Um. Now the the this next next little cheat, this next step, this next important point. Again, you know, not that all of these aren't measured by have are, are measured and have equal importance, but this is a huge one, and I think it's something that is informed by prep, that isn't is informed by defining your why, and it's also one that I think people, especially fiction writers, continually forget or overlook. Oh yeah, and that is finding your audience, finding slash knowing your audience. Yep. I mean, it's this is this is huge. It um, it's huge. Yeah. I, and I, I just, I, I can't imagine a scenario where you're not thinking about this and it does you any good. It, it really, it leaves out the entire third participant in this whole process and ultimately the people that are, are buying the product that you're going to have to ultimately hawk. So, well, and it, it also, when you find your audience or, and, and can speak directly to them, it benefits you in other ways with your newsletters, with your social media posts, with, you know, learning what their, if this is more nonfiction, but learning what their pain points are, what their struggles are, what they really like, what they don't like, where they show up online, offline, um, what groups they're in. I mean, if you're in fiction, um, there are so many avenues to reaching. Think about how that informs how you market, oh, everything. how you, how you write, like 
your you, the potential for building an author platform well beyond just uh just the publication of the book like completely uh, and for yeah. and for people who you know i mean it literally takes about 10 15 minutes to sit down and do some searches you know of course social media is a, a very obvious place to start but if you're averse to that for whatever reason you know going on like medium.com or looking up blogs or going going to other places or googling your favorite authors and seeing you know where do they a lot of authors write for certain publications you know where are they showing up what are they doing and trying to capitalize on their audiences um especially if they're in your genre or similar to you um i mean i always look at you know who's in my who's in my genre, what groups they're a part of. And it it can feel very overwhelming, but it's less overwhelming if you do this before you ever have a deal or a product to sell. Just cultivating that relationship early is such an amazing step. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I don't, you know, I don't have time to do that or I don't, I don't know where to even start. Um, You just start by (laughs) sitting down, you know, pick, maybe three or four books in your genre. And I would, I mean, again, the easiest thing to do is just like Google them, look on Goodreads, look on, you know, I mean, any searches that come up and just see, see who's reading, see who's commenting, see who's reviewing, you know, going to, again, I've said this before, but going to the negative reviews on, on Amazon and stuff and looking at, you know, maybe gaps to, see where you can fill in or what they don't like about it or, you know, and especially with nonfiction, like that's such a a great tool um, to give your audience what they, what they want. Well, and in particular, right. I mean, for, you know, if you're a nonfiction writer for a proposal, you, you you have to show uh, prospective agents or publishers that you have, that you have an aim that like, that this is, this, this is going somewhere. And you know, this is, I, I think also this, you know, it applies across the board, but I think also particularly for fiction writers, particularly for genre fiction writers, because I do think the audiences of which are particularly impassioned, um, are avid readers, are, 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 are avid conference goers, like these people become, can and will become your community. I mean, this is like, this is, um, you're, you're building, this is like the foundation for, you know, really building a, a, a large and immovable structure for yourself um, around your writing like this. Yeah. Is, and this is where it starts. And I mean, you know, nonfiction authors, I feel, have it a little bit easier because before they ever get a book deal, most authors have to already have established some sort of community, some sort of platform, some sort of expertise and following. So a book is just a beautiful extension of that. So they've already done the legwork, the the brand building, the recognition all of that first. And if mm-hmm. there's some nonfiction authors out here who are listening to this or, or want to be, that's really where you need to start. You need to start with your expertise first and, and really build before you ever think about writing a book. Um, but again, fiction that man, that's a, that's a totally different ball game and, yeah. and it can, kind of feel like, wait, where do I, where do I start? And I remember I've spoken about it before, but I was like, fuck, I, you know, haven't, <laughs> haven't touched fiction in a decade. 
no one knows who I am. I had some nonfiction books that, you know, kind of flopped. And now I'm pivoting to fiction. Like, where do I start? And for me, I did invest in the publicity angle because I knew no one knew who I was. And I've noticed book over book, I do have loyal readers and fans and people who will read my books. And that first book, book one, is the hardest, I think, to really build. You have one shot to kind of make a splash. Now, this is a long, this is a, a long game process. So you can build book over book, but you have one shot to kind of establish that foundation and get your name out there. So really thinking about ways that you can do that um, in the most impactful sense. I'm working with a client right now whose book's coming out and she has so many huge, amazing ideas, but you don't have to do them all. And you don't have to do them all, you know, within the first two weeks that your book comes out. Like you have time. So I think spending your time and energy in places where you're going to get a return in some capacity is really the smarter play because I I still get so overwhelmed when I look at all the other authors in my genre and I see all the shit that they're doing and they live on Facebook or they live on Twitter and they're always doing a million events and they're constantly giving, giving, giving to their communities. And, and a lot of these are full-time writers. They're full-time authors. I am not a full-time author. I run a business and I think you have to be kind to yourself with that and, and figure out what you do have time for and, and where you can show up for, for your community. Um, and well, and, and also I think that even looking at, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and, you know, the, yeah, any of this shit is daunting to you. It's I all mean, daunting. The, the exercise, <laughs> it's all daunting and we get it. But the exercise even of, of, of beginning to think about audience as you approach a project, whether it be, um, you know, uh, parlaying either your brand or your, your company or your organization into uh, a book or, or, if, or if it's self-empowerment, self-improvement, whatever, uh, or if you're a, a fiction writer or a genre fiction writer or just lit fiction, uh, even just thinking about the project in terms of this, even just thinking about your audience, even just starting to research, examine, uh, get to know, get familiar with, it, it's that's an exercise that's going to get your mind in the right place overall. That's it. it I think I think don't you know don't think about the task so much yeah. as like getting into the mindset of realizing that this is a huge component and the more you think about it and the more you specify what it is and define what it is and get familiar with what it is, the the more it's going to just consistently help you again and again. A hundred percent. And that kind of like piggybacks on the next one, which is, you know, read your competition, know who your other Straight competitive up. authors are like, and that's the thing. I mean, authors can feel constantly like we're, just butting up against these, you know, instant overnight successes and that will never, you know, will never live up to X, Y, or Z, whatever. But like your own unique expertise, if you're lucky enough to get published or lucky enough to self-publish and put your work out there, someone is going to resonate with it in such a unique way. And if and be current, I would say also just like a caveat, yeah. especially if you're a fiction writer, like reading 
read read the current uh, yeah. competition. Uh, uh, well, like, and it's like Thomas Harris is not your competition. And I, I hate to tell you, like, uh, although I would love that to be true for you someday, like look at what's what's on the shelf, what's what's being released right, right now. now. And I mean, that's yeah. in our book proposal um, process in the competitive title section. You know, I get a lot of nonfiction authors that. They, man, they they talk about the competitive titles being some of the greats that have stood the test of time and have been around for 15, 20 years. And, you know, agents don't give a shit about that. Like they, we are looking at what has sold well in the past yeah. year to maybe two years maximum. So you have to look at what's current and then figure out how your book is different. This is, you know, a little less important with fiction, but fiction is super, super competitive. There are more writers than ever before. There are more ways to publish than ever before. So in some ways, I think fiction is a much harder sell and you have to Mm -hmm. be able to stand out uh, versus nonfiction, but, but know who is in your genre and then connect with those people. I know that sounds like crazy and daunting. There's more community building. Such community building. And there's enough success to go around. I know that's such a cliched term that we hear, but there really is. And you can, we're all here to kind of learn from each other and, and just really get to know. Yeah. Get to know the people who are your, you know, quote unquote competition. Well, and this is interesting too, because this is all part of like a little bit of a Holy Trinity here because uh, the, the, um, our, our, one of our next steps is knowing where, knowing who you're pitching to. Um, before you even yes. write the fucking thing. So this is like this little trifecta here, audience competition and who you want to pitch to. This is like, this is the awareness core yes. uh, of this cheat sheet. This is like you being aware, you knowing your marketplace, you knowing your product, you uh, knowing yourself as a writer, um, knowing who you want to pitch to before you write is huge. You've got to have a clear cut, specific goal, a specific place a specific target in mind yeah. uh, before you get and to this work. this goes really hand in hand with your competition so if you have writers in your genre that you love or writers that you look up to two things to do look at who's publishing them so look at the publisher and you know put that on your dream list and then go to their acknowledgments find out who their literary agent is you know, authors usually always think they're agents first or second <laughs> in their acknowledgments yeah. and jot those down. Or if you do have a dream agent in mind, keep a running list. Now, I will say another great thing to do, especially if you're a newer writer, and this is where I always suggest like, yes, having those big, huge agents to pitch to, that's great. But you have to remember you as a new writer you're going to be competing against established authors. Uh, you know, the biggest agents, sometimes they rep dozens of authors. So what I like to do is I always um, bookmark certain online uh, publications that are like, you know, top new agents building their lists. Like these, are, mm-hmm. this is who's acquiring in 2020 and actually looking like, so say if you're set on, you know, a a really popular agency like Folio or, you know, some other big agency, instead of going to that main agent, look at all of the other agents on the list, hunt out a newer agent, read what they're acquiring and go for the newer agent. I think newer agents are often hungrier. They're more willing to take a risk. They're so eager to make a sale Um, and just keep that running list. 
if you are on social media, follow them on Twitter. Most most agents, I feel like, are on Twitter. Get get like used to what they're they're into. Get to know them. Again, this is a relationship, and you can do a lot of like online stalking and due diligence ahead of time before you ever even pitch. But get to know who you're pitching to and come up with actual goals for for publishers. And it might not be one of the big five. It could be a nice mid-sized publisher, a nice small publisher. Some of the best experiences I've had are with smaller publishers where I did not need an agent. I got so much personal attention. I knew what my expectations were. I knew what I needed to sell. I was able to reach the publisher directly anytime I wanted to. So it also just is good to keep in mind what kind of relationship you want. Do you need personal attention? Do you need handholding? Do you need editorial help? Do you need to be told what to do? Or do you want kind of more of the name and the recognition? And decide all of that ahead of time. It's so much better when you spend time kind of dreaming all that up ahead of time. Well, it's going to inform what you do. It's going to inform the project itself. And, um, you know, I think lockstep with that, uh, with knowing who you want to pitch to, is the infamous yes. <laughs> linchpin of the query letter. The I think. query letter. Uh, and and this, is, this is shit that Rightway can definitely help you with. And we're putting together some materials regarding this because – we want you to know that the query letter is fucking some of you up. Uh, beyond. And, I, you know, I'm going to just be totally transparent here. I work on these. I rewrite these for people all the time for free. And I probably should charge, but I don't because I just feel like it's something that doesn't take a lot of time. But it's such an important step. And it's something you can do before you even write your book. If you have your outline or plot points, you can work on your pitch ahead of time and have a really good template. Um, Just as an example, I had this self-published author come to me. He's been, it's one of his goals to get traditionally published. He's worked so hard on this book. It's such a cool concept. And he was sending out query letters and just not really getting a lot of traction. So I said, hey, send me the query letter. Immediately could pinpoint all of the issues. It just wasn't from not, you know, being specific about the genre to not really talking about what's going on. Um, Like, that's the thing, too. A lot of people think like, oh, I have to have some mystery in my query letter. I can't say what happens in the book. Motherfuckers, like, lay it out clearly, like, what is happening in your book. An agent is not the same thing as a reader. We've said it a million times. They are looking at how to sell this book. You have, like, two minutes at most to catch the attention of an agent. You don't need to do that with gimmicks or tricks. It needs to be clean, concise, compelling. And so I, you know, again, kind of went through it in 10 minutes. He totally uh, rewrote his query letter and it's fantastic. Now, will he get full request? Will he get an agent because of it? Who knows? It's still on the strength of his book, but and there, and there are no guarantees there, of just course in general. There are no guarantees, yeah. but having a really well-crafted query letter, at least you know the problem is not there. And then, you know, you can get a like so if you're if you're sending out 50 query letters, let's say, and you get one full request to see a manuscript, that is 
usually a fundamental problem with your query letter or you're just not hearing yeah. back at all. But if you send out a query letter and you're getting all kinds of requests, you know, then that's usually indicative that, ooh, okay, I've, I've written something good here. So this is- Well, because that's first impression, guys. And I mean, I hate to tell you, but this is affecting a lot of writers as well, not just- not just nonfiction proposals, fiction manuscripts. Like if y'all are freelance writers in pursuit of clip clips, I guarantee that your query letter or the email accompanying your submission is is cocked up. I I, I guarantee it. Um, so Completely. this is a this is a thing you definitely need to look at. And there are plenty of resources. Oh yeah, Rightway is one of yeah. them, and Rightway is one you want to check out. But there are plenty of resources on you know query letter letter templates, uh, ways to write. Uh, query letters, what to do, what not to do, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to pimp us for a second because what I do, so I use this, I've discovered this amazing new software, this video software called Loom, L-O-O-M. It's totally changed my life. So what I did is, you know, I always do query letters in Google Docs. Um, I edited it, but then I did a video of exactly like walking through line by line on what I changed and why what I need to see. And that's what we offer that's a little bit different is that, you know, you can actually kind of understand. I'm not just writing like, this is what it should look like, but kind of explaining the why behind it. And I think just having that visual component helps so very much. Um, Absolutely. And then the last point, and this one I think might be one of the most important if you really want to be a published author is before you get a book deal, before you write the book, before you do anything, come up with your marketing and promotion strategy, Um, which seems backwards. That seems really hard to kind of figure out like, well, how the hell am I going to sell a product if I don't have it yet? I promise you this is the area that is most neglected and it's the most important in terms of selling a book, the whole point of writing and publishing a book is selling that book. And as we all know, publishers are doing less and less. They're spending less and less money. Everything is going back on the author. So if you can come up with a strategy on how to actually not just promote your book, but actually figure out the ways that you're going to sell it, which goes back to that audience. You have to know where your audience is. You have to know like how, why, and when they are buying and figuring out if you're going to hire someone to help you. And do you have the budget for that? And how much does it cost? And are you going to spend money on ads? Are you going to be in bookstores? Are you going to have a virtual tour? Are you going to do in-person events? Really deciding, sitting down and mapping out your strategy, your budget, your timeline, uh, it will save and you so much And this goes for all of you. <laughs> oh, yes. This, this goes for all of you, you guys. And I know, you know, there are so many, like the common, like the fiction writer refrain is, is, yep. I, you know, I'm a writer, not a businessman. Oh my God. A business person. And like, okay, but you are. Well, let, you know, <laughs> like and, I hate and one, to of, tell one you. of the best, you know, pieces of, uh, or just a quote that I've heard from Emily Fletcher, who has a book called Stress Less, Accomplish More. She's the creator of the Ziva Meditation. And I heard her on my dear friend Jessica Zweig's uh, Simply Be podcast. She said, when you are promoting your book, you have to you have to pretend that it's its own enterprise. It's its own corporation. And you also have to realize 
that you are going to sell every copy of your book yourself. It doesn't matter if you have a team. It doesn't matter if you hire people. You're going to be the one to sell. And I think if you go in knowing that, especially as a fiction writer, like I just experienced this with, you know, launching this last book in quarantine. My book tour was canceled. It's the first time I decided not to hire a publicist because I wanted to see the difference. And my books did not sell well. I mean, we're we're not selling anywhere like I thought we would be on book three. And I kind of, again, I'm like a deer in the headlights. Like, even though this is book three, I'm like, well, fuck, I don't, I mean, I don't know. We're a couple months in. I don't really know what to do. I don't really want to spend money. And I didn't come into it well, I don't think any of us came into this quarantine or into 2020 right, thinking like, right, fuck right, pandemic, right. what do we do? But, right. you know, I've tried to do everything that I can and I just haven't found that equation um, to really translate to consistent sales. And I think if I had gone into it knowing like, OK, I'm going to have to switch all to virtual. This is what I'm going to do month one, month two, month three. And, and really treating it like a business. You come into it with a plan. And it's the only industry where not only do you not really know how many books you've sold or when you're getting paid, it's like you have no plan. It's just like, okay, well, I've written the book and now it should sell, right? And it's so exhausting. I mean, it's such a hustle. It's such a grind. There are no guarantees. You can't control the results. But you do have to have a plan as an author and if you're not up for that, like either outsource it or find another profession because it's just but it, the reality. But and do that research because you got to know, because even if you decide that you're going to pay someone else to execute uh, on any of these, any of these, these steps or components uh, on this cheat sheet that we've talked about today, then it, it your, your knowledge, your awareness is going to prevent uh, a lot of bullshit. It's you're gonna you're gonna come off as more of a pro. It's gonna um, uh, prevent you from being taken advantage of by uh, by anyone. The more you know, the better it's gonna help you. The more research you do on all of this, the better off you're gonna be. A hundred percent. So that is a lot of information, kind of quick and and fast. <laughs> Uh, and, little cheap, quick and dirty, quick and dirty little trying little, to, try oh to yeah, wrap quick up and fast. Oh my god, I said quick and fast. That's the same thing, people. Um, it's been a long year. Dirty and filthy, <laughs> quick and fast, dirty and filthy. Oh my god, but yeah, just jot these little steps down. Your little cheat sheet. We'll have this in the show notes, but really don't skip these steps. I know it's so easy to kind of listen and then just cast aside and be like, yeah, 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 it's fine. But it really will make a difference. And I, I mean, I've seen it firsthand over and over again. Um, the differences between being prepared and doing this prep work ahead of time versus not. And then just kind of, again, being like a deer in the headlights because we've all been there. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Best of luck out yeah. there, y'all. And uh <laughs> Please, please stay safe uh, throughout the holiday season and the new year. And uh, happy 2021, everybody. Rate, subscribe, review, share. Happy 2020.